Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we put them back in their houses for 10 years. We're into club weekend, lads. Are we excited about this? It's hard to know whether we're even excited about it because I'm going to read a quote from Kieran Fitzgerald. Connor and Conan are here with me in studio and he makes a good point, right? So we all know Kieran Fitzgerald is coming up against Kevin Cassidy this weekend when Guidor play Cara Finn, which is really the game of the weekend. Um, and we'll talk about that in part three. But I'm always complaining about this big long break kind of from a preparation point of view and it's really difficult and you lose momentum and everything and like I mean he's spelling it out from a different kind of perspective he says from a GEA point of view before Christmas it's all club county finals provincial finals dominate what's happening at the time then all of a sudden it just stops and when it comes back it gets lost and he couldn't make it any clearer. We're in inter-county mode here now. Mm. Do you know, we're on a break from inter-county. The league has just started. The, the idea that the club has just been shoehorned in here, it doesn't make sense from any kind of perspective. Marketing, from the players' perspective, from supporters' perspective. Like what Kieran says, if that was played the week before Christmas in Croke Park, so you never have a problem with the pitch. The pitch is going to be immaculate mm-hmm. no matter what. The semi-finals are played at the start of December. Is there any difference between the start of December and the weather now none mm. so it loses momentum with fans another bring, brilliant thing about the week before Christmas in Croke Park is all the families that come home from abroad for Christmas can go and see that do you know what I mean that would yeah. miss it from uh, at another point of the year and like it does just get lost it's just it's in a new year and we've moved on from club yeah. it's yeah. kind of it feels mm. like club is, should be done for last year and now here yeah. we are with yeah. a semi-final what right. a great Christmas tradition that could be as yeah, well yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 Market and like come home for the final and the idea come home for the final yeah. like I mean and, like AIB do a good job sponsoring it I'm sure they'd go to town on that yeah. they'd be at Dublin Airport oh, doing well, the whole home for Christmas there's a show for us to do like. <laughs> yeah. the families could just that could become their Christmas tradition even if it's like a Donegal team or whatever in the final just go to Dublin for the weekend and that's your sort of Christmas get together with your family you're going to the All-Ireland final and yeah. I'm sold on it let's go sold on it yeah. well if Conan's sold on it this is a, <laughs> this is a runner yeah, so there's no, yeah, that's it so that's what Kieran Fister was talking about so we're looking forward to these and we'll talk to him in part 3 another bit of news was um, the GEA so we criticised the GEA a lot but this is a brilliant initiative that in conjunction with the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland they've launched a GEA digital archive um, so they launched that at Croke Park so they're showing online 113 finals since 1961 so and provincial finals from 1961 also feature so like I mean this is this is brilliant I haven't used it yet the the archive also includes the All-Ireland Club finals since 1989 so like I mean there's a couple of matches I would have been involved in there that I might not like to look back on and there's one or two that I might no mention of the 
minor All-Ireland from 96 <laughs> where can I go Not to yet. watch <laughs> but anyways in, in all over 500 football and hurling matches were retrieved from broadcasters and they're stuck up on GA.ie I'm pretty sure mm. and that's just fantastic like I mean any time you want there's games in the 80s I don't have a good memory of especially yeah. hurling I have a vague memory of Galway in the late 80s um, and then I lost hurling a little bit until 95 when Claire came along but like I mean just to look back and yeah. refresh your memory if you're bored like I'd even like a highlights package of them that you might not have to watch <laughs> the, the, whole thing. Yeah. the only thing wrong with this is that it starts in 1961 yeah, it just so for Mayo fans it misses out by 10 years you yeah. out by 10 it's nearly be penance for Mayo fans to go back and watch every single final and if you're particularly bad you have to watch the 2004 and 2006 oh, yeah, well, you, you need to swerve these <laughs> yeah, well, you could yeah. watch the Drawn Mead game at least exactly, and go jeez yeah. you'd never yeah. know what might happen in your evening <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you've 93 Conan is there anywhere yeah. you could watch I'm sure you have the DVD at home have you oh do you have the DVD at home you have the books at home like, you know that's the only thing you really celebrate still from Derry I think 98 was the last Ulster so like 93 still very much that was that team as well as done it but um, I think yeah 58 was another final so 93 is the one but I would go back and like I've watched that on YouTube I, like you know I'm watching like 2002 final at the minute and you're going into part 1 and part 2 on YouTube which is but, annoying yeah, yeah. now you can just get mm, yeah. it all here like with proper commentary and stuff yeah exactly so that's fantastic so the GA deserve credit there so Paul Flynn has been talking and we mentioned this um, already so Motion 31 that's going to Congress Congress is coming up soon lads I think we're a week away so the countdown is on (laughs) so we should have a a countdown clock to Congress (laughs) so Motion 31 is that the GPA are are requesting an input into issues that are related to inter-county hurling and football competition so they want a seat on the CCCC I couldn't agree more. I think this is a no-brainer for for the GPA. I think that if the GPA have a representative on that, I don't think the issue with Kieran um, Malloy and Liam Silk mm. will be happening this weekend. That goes without saying. I think, in actual fact, the CCCC should be held to account for why they allowed that fixture mess to happen again. And he should be held to account by Tom Ryan, who didn't seem too kind of bothered with it last Friday when I was talking. Mm. These are all issues that really frustrate people and re- are player welfare issues and that's what the GP are defending I like Paul Flynn's uh, style I think he's combative I've said that before I think Dermot Early is a much nicer I don't mean nicer in a bad way I think Dermot Fitzgerald would be less confrontational than Paul Flynn mm. or Dermot uh, Early Dermot Early, Early yeah. Yeah. I think he would be less confrontational I think Paul Flynn doesn't take any shit and he's going for a $6 Ireland and that holds weight and I think when he puts his foot down and stuff I'd be interested yeah. to see then again this is a, a motion going to Congress to ask administrators at Congress to give up a little bit of their power. That's the yeah. for, for the for the whip for the whippersnappers yeah. of the GPA. So you have yeah. to wonder, you know, whether this would even whether this would pass. Good luck with that. Like, <laughs> it's interesting. Like Jamie Clark was saying during the week, he just had a th- sort of throwaway comment, but it was about our mass sort of training to games ratio. And you know, we always talk about that as well. They're training far more than they're playing games. But so in the middle of all this madness, where there's too many games and too much crossover, there's a lot of players then who like the the sort of collateral damage is they're not playing anything and just waiting around until their game can come around. Who would you that know, be now? Sorry, so like, say, Jamie Clark's talking about like having to train more than play games. You know, which a lot of players feel that as well. So even though like th- there's so many games and we're trying to squash them all into twelve months, what happens is like Jamie Clark and whoever like the intercounty players or the club players, they're told just wait, just wait and wait and train and train and then you can play your match. And so that's happening in the middle of all this chaos too. Yeah. People aren't playing enough games where some people are playing too many games. Yeah, no, there's there's no mm. doubt. But anyways, I th- I actually think this motion is a little bit irrelevant because we know the whole thing is being reviewed obviously the Super 8 8, ends its third year ends next year so at the end of this year ahead of its last year it's going to be reviewed and the CPA the GPA and the third level Tom Ryan said that this is going to happen John Horan's on record for saying this is going to happen are all going to discuss the way forward for this if that goes forward and everybody gets their bit in I don't think the GPA will necessarily need to sit on the CCCC because the problem here is the structure of the championship and the crossover and if that's fixed it would be no harm having the GPA on it anyways yeah. do you know for the interca- for to make sure there's no overlap but if the if the structure is fixed well then I don't see this being as big an issue Yeah maybe not. I, I'd love to be a fly in the wall at that meeting when all the parties come together because there's so many kind of oh, interests yeah. to be catered for but you made a good point there about Paul Finn and, and the GPA that like he seems to be a more disruptive uh, disruptive might be the wrong word but the I GPA s- should be a disruptive yes. body it should yes. not be 
pally pally with the no. GA and there are probably accusations over the last few years that it's become too much that way so as you said with, with, there's been signs with Paul Finn there's been a couple of things whether it's the rule changes before the rule changes the he demanded a meeting exactly. demanded and a this. meeting with Horan yeah. and I said he has no hope of getting that, ter- that hand pass thing thrown out yeah. and not the GPA had any input into that that yeah. was central council voted that down but the whole thing like he wasn't taking this lying down yeah. even yeah. though I strongly disagreed that they should have just left it yeah, go yeah exactly yeah but, but yeah it's but more than we've seen before yeah. yeah it's definitely more than we've seen before I think that's a very um, positive thing I've this headline on this one Connor that this is good news for Mayo so here's Mikey Sheedy um, <laughs> on going for five in a row so we know Kerry were going for five in a row it was 82 or 83 82 final Seamus Darby yeah. that's another one we can look back on, on the archive lads so um, <laughs> Kerry won't be doing it anyways he says I'm only talking about myself now this is the final against Offaly I'm only talking about myself but it does get into your psyche I missed a penalty at a crucial point in the game I would have said uh, that day I just didn't feel right myself and um, and I kind of felt it was from tension. I felt drained. I felt after about 10 minutes into the game, Jesus Christ, I have done no training for this game or, or have I done any training for this game or what? I was stuck to the floor. Yeah, yeah. It's fairy tale stuff yeah. for Mayo, Kerry. <laughs> any, all yeah. you need to do, you need to be in that final. Because I'm... To, it, right, well, you'll paint this picture that we know the Dublin are great champions and I actually came out of the game I didn't say this on Monday of the Kerry game after that game against Kerry after that game I had more admiration for Dublin than I had for Kerry going down to Kerry's home ground in front of all their home supporters and they treating this almost like a championship match and tearing into them and Kerry were by far the better team mm. beat Dublin by a pint mm-hmm. got yeah, out yeah. by a skinner team and this is Dublin only back four weeks like they're champions they, they oh, fight for, like, and this is after winning four in a row and it's just a league game it's the third one you're not fully fit and they still gave it to Kerry you know what I mean put yeah. it, and uh, put huge doubts in Kerry's mind so like after that game I was like my god what champions yeah, they are like yeah. they really really are but this is the point I'm making is that in the last 10 minutes if the final two years ago Lee Keegan scores that goal Dublin going for five in a row Mayo would have won that game you think because so? Mayo shit themselves when they got to that point. Yeah, Dublin yeah. didn't, yeah. but now you'll have Mayo and Dublin shitting themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mayo shitting themselves nearly guaranteed. This yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but it's, now you, now they'll both shit themselves. So yeah, like yeah. then, Mayo, what did that Lee Keegan goal put Mayo up? One or two? Uh, two points. There you go. Yeah, so yeah, uh, both yeah. teams shitting themselves at equal amounts. Mayo win by two points, right? <laughs> well, we I hope you're right. I hope your theory is proved right. But you're right. Like uh, the only thing I'll say about Dublin is that that final was what was that the first three in a row in how long? And then in. 20, oh, 20. that was a three in a row, yeah, right? But five in a row has never been done. I know, five in a row is completely different. And the year before, they'd won back-to-backs with the same manager for the first time, I think, since 1990. So it's not as if, like, milestones, Dublin have passed them by already well, and true. they haven't proved to be a burden. But this is, as you said, this has never been done before. This is, this is bigger. And as much as, like, the theme of this year is going to be Jim Gavin being asked about the five in a row and yeah. saying that... Which never mentioned. Which never no, mentioned no, no, we're, we're not like Liverpool in the yeah. title race. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the team of this year. But the thing is, like, when it's asked repeatedly, there's like it has to get into their heads. It like, has to. And like the Kilkenny yeah. team that couldn't be beaten didn't do it. Of Tipperary course, yeah. pipped them. Now Tipperary are a very good team coming, yeah. but Mayo are a very good team and Kerry are a very good team coming. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. very difficult thing to do. Like that Kerry team in '82 could not be beaten by that Car- by that Offaly team. They couldn't. Yeah. But yeah. Mikey Sheedy was stuck to the ground because of the pressure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure you're not going to have. I think they. Had like Kerry had songs about five in a row t-shirts five t-shirts. in a row you're Jesus. definitely not going to have that about no. Dublin we should, make, we, you know, we should make them up right Mayo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for Sam on the back then oh, yeah. start handing them out for free in the street on so Apollo Street like, yeah, yeah. looks Apollo like Dublin are getting ahead of themselves <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez if, like, if Mayo or Kerry don't start doing that like, just be on a Connell Bridge Dublin Supporters <laughs> Club banner and we're handing out the shirts yeah, already in the bag yeah. here you go yeah. I'm on the phone after this podcast is over ok well I have this down as the honeymoon is over for Carlo so we talked briefly about Carlo at the weekend or on Monday and they scored five points with a gale force win Galway scored four points with a gale force win and we're just talking about how ridiculous being married to that system is it just shows how inflexible it is and how they have blinkers on that with a really strong wind you're still retreating back in and you're not forcing the game and you're not trying to bloody run up a big score that you can absolutely play that style counter-attack <coughs> against the wind. But anyways, so Sean Gannon was being interviewed in the Carolina Nationalist. So some of the supporters um, were a little bit pissed off watching the game. That Carlo weren't making the most of the wind or they were 
instead of chasing the game they're, they're, remember Leash they're four points down and they're still waiting inside their 45 yeah. Leash are just playing around outside him so Carlo fans while they were probably really excited about the initial improvement which is brilliant now they might want to go to Dr Cullen Park in Division 3 and go Let's go Open out and try and let's, let's try and win this mm. game, or even look like you win this game. But anyway, Sean Gannon isn't taking it uh, lying down because he was asked about this, and he says that's their issue. He said they don't see the bigger picture. We want to win games, and that's how you do it. Well, it's not how you do it based on the loss against Longford. Mm. He said you suck defenses out so you can find space in behind. He said that's the modern game. People may not understand it, but it's tactically sensible, so we're willing to do it. We understand about sucking out, out defences and playing the ball around the outside. Usually that's what teams will be doing to Carlo. But at the same time, w- supporters won't stand for you doing that when you've got a gale force wind with you. Like, I mean, you have mm. to go and give your supporters something to shout about. So this patient game, you need to go in five or six points up with a gale force wind. And that system, if you're dropping off lads and not actually trying to force it and putting your kick out short and working the ball slowly up the field... Yeah, you can understand why the supporters would be kind of going ah here what's going on here yeah you, you'd wonder like like there's some supporters though that'll always they'll see 15 men oh, and they want to drive ah, it in kick it in, yeah, kick yeah. It in yeah. drive it in drive it in you know so like uh, uh, but I, I, I'm sure there's loads of Carlos supporters that have kind of that, that you know just want a bit more sophistication to, to the game than they currently bring at the moment flexibility, fairness, flexibility is what I would call it in fairness Sean, Sean Gannon has to be on message do you know what I mean he has to, he can't really say well I'd love to do this do you know what I mean if Turlock O'Brien is they're one, t- they're one panel that seemed to very believe in it like they all yeah. come well, out yeah, fighting yeah. with it like you know well they seem convinced as well as just having to be on message but like I think what it's shown what it's shown against Leash last year and what it's what it probably shown against Longford the last day is that this system will get you to a certain level and it won't get you beyond it so if you're happy to be you know maintain at that level well then fair enough but when it comes to the bigger days and more important games I think this is going to it's going to go against them in the long run yeah because we had uh, Keane was at the Mead game and he said Mead and Armagh who would be Mead would be a defensive-ish team, but not extremely. But he said that when they played with the wind, oh, they pinned Armagh yeah. pinned Mead in, and Mead pinned them in, and didn't let them out of half. Would not let them out of half. Yeah. Whereas a defensive team will let you out of the half and yeah. wait. Yeah. Does it, this is the point we were making: is that with the wind, hmm. surely you have to change it a yeah. little bit. Well, you, you made a brilliant point about that on Monday, actually. And I was just thinking, as a defender myself, um, trying to get trying, out, to, trying get to get out. out when teams pin you in against a strong it's a nightmare. Reason, it is the worst thing yeah. ever. It's so energy sapping morale. It's just saps yeah. Yeah. morale. Hand pass is tough as well. But even a hand pass yeah. is hard. Yeah. Who am I going to get? And you're <laughs> desperate for someone. Show, yeah. show, yeah. show. Yeah. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm in trouble here. Yeah. But yeah, it just that's I think, and I, I just think it's a, it's just being married so much to this instead of going, lads, go out and like you have to play the conditions at times as well, and like there's the flexibility is the word I'm, yeah. I'm I was like, using, and I agree with that as well. I just it's a bit harsh from the fans who I think they're new to promote a team. They got three points in three games. You know, Longford are top, like Carlo were two points off the bottom. They're one point off. Promotions, I don't know. Like they're they're playing above themselves at the minute. And they are. I think it was the, must have been the win thing because I do agree yeah. that the supporters should be more on side and not be that fickle because it has been a very good start from Carlo. But it must have been the wind. It must have been Jesus, lads. Do something with get it, it down yeah. the field a little bit. You know what I mean? Quicker. It, that's the only. I wasn't at the game. It's the only thing I can think of. Um, oh yeah. So here's this other one. So when did this hundred game club <laughs> become a thing? Right. So. So we have Ryan Jones. So this, this is the first time I've come across this. So I always know, isn't it? Tomas and Mark O'Shea have the two, or Sean Kavanagh has the most championship appearances, which is Cluxton, no, unbelievably it? impressive. Cluxton yeah. might go one ahead of him this year. Will I he? Think he's ahead. Of he's him ahead of him already, yeah. right? So Cluxton might never be beaten. Then Sean Kavanagh. Then you have the two O'Sheas. So I can understand championship. Now there's a thing where the hundred time to line out for your county. So league and championship. I'm not sure there's a Burn, a burn Cup could even. I don't. I don't know. It probably does. Probably yeah. does. So anyways, Ryan Jones after the Kildare game tweeted out an honour to wear the Fermanagh jersey for the hundredth time couldn't have asked for a better result thanks for all the texts and, w- and best wishes right you have Benny Kavanagh from Carlo also made his hundredth appearance tweet proud to wear the Carlo jersey for the hundredth time who even counts this <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's a uh, lot they have to be told yeah. Yeah, yeah not our day but we go again and then he puts up a Carlo flag so then I'm reading another one so Liam McLoon Paddy McGrath are on the verge of uh, this was in the Hogan stand are on the verge of joining the likes of Michael Murphy Carl Lacey Christy Ty Carl McFadden Brian, Ropey, Bri- Brian Roper in Donegal's exclusive <laughs> Century Club right I'd never heard of this Century Club before and I work in GEA right so there's a possibility that both who won all Ireland's will make 
their 100 games against Fermanagh on the weekend after next so we're now we're anticipating 100 appearances <laughs> yeah. and now the tweet comes out Am I have I been going around with blinkers on lads or when did this become a thing has Twitter made these made this I, kind of possible that, that, Those are the first ones I, I think I've seen But I, I was thinking You mentioned championship appearances there Because I was thinking Okay well how hard Will it be To kind of rack up 100 games For your county Right And you probably play If you played If you went injury free And you played kind of Pre-season games League games A couple of championship games You'd probably reach it In about six seasons Or something like that Well there's seven, seven, seven league games Yeah You might have two, seven, a burn, a two a burn cup guaranteed so that's nine and you have two championship guaranteed that's 11 yeah so you do need 10 you probably suppose, need 10 yeah, years now yeah. oh, that's the minimum that you're playing yeah. per year so yeah. like I mean you make a league semi-final you make if you're in a successful county yeah, you, could in you could get 13, 14 seasons, yeah. I suppose it's uh, ah, look but it's not it's, still, it's not a milestone is it I'd give 50 championship appearances would I be a big thought the championship one was a big one, yeah. championship yeah. one has to be the this big This is going one. to be a bugbear yours now along with the statements. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, have my, I have my eye out now on these 100, 100 club tweets. This is actually the second time Paddy McGrath's come up for this because uh, at the start of the league before Donegal started their campaign it was Paddy McGrath about to make his 100th appearance. So we had a false dawn back then but now right. he must be fit again and ready to go. We didn't play the first game. I so. blame the people counting them. There's someone out there <laughs> yeah, with too yeah. much time on their hands and they're counting appearances. Yeah. So like, I mean, imagine how painstaking and it will be just to count those appearances going back through team sheets and oh Christ <laughs> not all team sheets are available as well no it's probably people have databases or something that give them alerts when people are on 99 or something I know it's probably a sophisticated enough system they need to get out more go and have a pint <laughs> drink a pint uh, go out on a Friday night right I've this down shakedown right so I, this just something doesn't fit with me with this Mayo thing right so Mayo are going to play in New York in Gaelic Park next May the 5th so they've decided right we're going over to New York there's loads of rich Irish people and we're going to shake them down good and proper <laughs> for their money right so the thousands of Mayo people are going over so according to the Western people they have they're doing a night right so it's on a gala night a black tie gala night on Broadway um, so it's for, so it's the Mayo GA International Supporters Foundation now we know that if Mayo go over there and think that their players are going to start showing up to this we know what nearly happened Ross Common that time wasn't it when they were doing a little bit of stuff outside of preparing for the game now Mayo will still beat New York so maybe they'll mm. allow five or six of them go but anyways according <coughs> to Western people you've got sponsors packages available which cost 25000 and 10000 respect, respectively respectively the Ruby sponsor include package includes VIP seating for nine people. So nine, 25 divided by nine, nearly three grand each. Just under three grand each. Three grand, right? So you, you, you might even get the same business owner paying the full 25 grand. I imagine grand. so, yeah. So seating for nine people alongside a high profile player. Uh, and then for that 25 grand so you get to sit beside a nine uh, high profile player prominent advertising space at in the event journal I'm sure how, like whatever like what good is that for all the Irish people coming over like I mean it depends your construction company in America like I mean what good is that advertising <laughs> yeah, to you yeah. anyways a signed team jersey brilliant I'm being sarcastic special <laughs> VIP <laughs> special VIP uh, gifts for guests and entry to the event after party which the players will not be at right <laughs> yeah. so that's grand so that's 25 grand for that uh, right no problem then supporters uh, availing of the Emerald sponsor package will get seating for 9 or 10 guests similar thing depending on whether the player is a former player depending on whether a player or former player is seated at the table so like acknowledgements at the event journal assigned jersey gifts and entry to the after party so you could play 10 grand you could have nine people at the table with you and you could have David Brady or someone <laughs> stick to <laughs> I mean, this is a shakedown of, of epic proportions. Now, I understand why they're doing it. I don't blame you. I've spent enough time out in America. This is why I don't like this. I've spent five summers out in America. I know the passion for Gaelic uh, games over there. I know it's people who obsessive, the same as we are about GA on the other side of, on the, other side of the Atlantic and they're desperately trying to keep it going to pay money for players to come out just to keep their love of GEA alive mm -hmm. they might be willing to spend 100 grand that yeah. doesn't make it right it doesn't make it right to shake them down and they're all wealthy men because they've made it big in the construction industry in the 80s and anyone I've gone out to would all have very wealthy construction owners involved in every club so there's loads of them out there like yeah. we built our Irish built America we know that right <laughs> so like I mean just because the money's out there I don't think it's right 
to shake them down like that and pay 10 grand to sit with David Brady. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Potentially. I, I don't see your problem, Willie, with <clears throat> an unforgettable evening celebrating our heritage and building a brighter future for Mayo and the greater Mayo community. That's see, all I could see. What a load of nonsense. Now, I could understand, right, say if Dublin went out there and you know Sam Maguire always goes out there and that's right and that's not, they're not charging for that. That's to bring Sam... <laughs> So if Stephen Cluxton goes out with Conor Callaghan, Kieran Kilkenny and if Sam Maguire there and that's at a function and there's big tickets being sold for that I can kind of understand where, you know why people would pay for that but what's this Mayo thing offering really, realistically mm. outside shaking them down outside of the love of GEA and the wealth do you, well, do you understand my point? Yeah, I know, I get you. It's not, it's make it, and Kerry do the same thing. It's yeah. not, this is not unique to Mayo. Anyone that's, yeah. that can do it is doing it. But they're just, I think they're taking advantage of Irish, yeah, it, Irish, uh, Irish people in America. It, it could be a joke as well, but I heard there was a platinum package available for 50 grand. So you'd want to be, you'd want to be getting a place on the bench for that. I find it hard to sympathise with somebody who's willing to pay 10 grand to sit with David Brady for a dinner. Okay, <laughs> well, we don't know if David Brady's travelling because yeah, I've yeah. said him twice now but no, you definitely get our point yeah, we're talking a, about a grade ZX player like David Brady that's what yeah. I mean, like, you know, but go to the game like, you, know, like, yeah. you know when you people hike up the tickets and you feel sorry for fans who want to go watch the game like, they can still go watch the game just don't pay 10 grand to sit for dinner with a former player but it goes back to when Mayo were last out there whether it was 2014 or 20, 2009 I'm not sure there was a fundraiser and like it, it has been compared to the ones that Kerry do and Kerry is obviously streamlined they've been doing this for years they get, yeah. the, they get the big guns out they get the O'Shea's out etc whereas I think I could have heard something about like people that attended the last um, Mayo, Mayo fundraiser over there being given tickets to a raffle on the way in you know that sort of way it was really yeah, kind of old school amateur compared to so like you said like it's not exactly right but like it's it's they're not the first county to do it no. and they probably will get a lot of people that are going to kind of throw out that money to go to, go to the fundraiser as Colin said so. and and we do know the type of financial pressure Mayo are under their travel expenses are off the charts mm-hmm. like I mean the, the cost to run the Mayo team and most of it is done through fundraising like yeah. in comparison to Dublin who fundraised something like 50 grand I think Mayo's fundraising was over a million or something crazy, was it yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff yeah. so yeah. we know for them to compete at the highest level I, I understand what Mayo are doing it. The mm. point I'm making is I know, I know, yeah. it doesn't really sit unbelievably comfortably yeah. um, with me. So there was really bad news this week that John Morrison um, <clears throat> passed away and there was loads of tributes um, to John. I wouldn't have known John too well other than talking to him on the phone, really engaging, like, you know, lively, funny kind of individual. And like, I mean, he'll be he'll be badly misjudging by all the tributes. But like, I mean, I wasn't actually aware of some of the un- un- unorthodox training methods he had, like throwing balloons at Paul McGrain. I hadn't heard that before. I don't know if you, if you lads had. No. So this was the feat to improve his fetching during the Armagh when they got to the All-Ireland um, and the other one was he brought a skip to Derry training and told them to put all their negative thoughts in it right or blasting out house music at Antrim uh, training sessions so he was larger than life in, in Donegal he gave the players nuts and told them to play like Brazil <laughs> like I mean I'm not <laughs> sure that, like I mean that might be politically un- incorrect at this stage I'm not too sure about that he also sent Valentine's cards to the Mayo footballers from Sa- Samantha from Sam with love like yeah, I mean I he's, just, he's just a quirky individual who liked to, d- to do things differently yeah, there's a great uh, quote from him. He used to write a column in uh, Gaelic Life and there's a lovely quote that was going around there this week. It was, um, you're all laughing at me because I'm different. I'm laughing at you because you're the same. Very good. And he had this whole like, sort of positive mindset and like that sort of really rubbed off on players. And like it, it did seem that he was able to, I know in Derry as well, he was with Mickey Moran and they got to the All-Ireland semi-final. But Derry, who always had all these problems, especially with the bigger players and stuff, he seemed to be always able to get boys on board. He seemed to manage personalities. Yeah. And like just as amazing influence like you know like even like opposition there's a great uh, tweet from Sean O'Sullivan he was a carrier playing Derry in a league game and he said John Morrison he was on the bench John Morrison was remonstrating with a linesman I was a sub told him to sit down he turned around and said pipe down monkey face and and the whole Kerry bench broke down laughing at me like you know so even opposition people had this sort of affinity with him as well it strikes me that it was great it must have been great fun to be involved in a John Morrison I would think that too everything he did seemed to be enjoyable fun he was like obviously a real innovator I mean some of those ideas I mean if the team is winning they're probably you know described as genius if they're losing it's like who's this fella (laughs) what's this madness but 
but like just it, it seemed that way in Mayo as well and we're never going to forget him for that like the way he reacted to that little pillar Caffrey dunt in the back during the, the melee at the hills at that time he just laughed in his face it was, it was the greatest brilliant. reaction like he almost <laughs> loved it like you know just had like I remember Mickey Moore was trying to get Mayo back up to the other side yeah, he was really obviously. panicked yeah, yeah and Morrison was just loving all this yeah because they had no part in that that was done behind their back yeah. definitely done behind Mickey Moran's back but he was explaining the balloons thing anyways I think this was from oh, a, an interview in the Irish Times he says the reason for the balloons was that they just hung up there and they gave him a chance to get his radar right with anything like that you have to be really willing in order to break down your game and reconstruct it Paul wanted to know what he could do like I don't think there's enough coaching I'm not sure if I agree with the balloons the balloons thing as such but at least it's trying to coach and mm. it's identifying what your problem is apparently uh, McGrain used to catch the ball be- back behind his head instead of catching it out in front of him and like this was identified by Morrison mm. I've never once heard a manager identify I have terrible issues catching the ball over my head it was never said to me I just stay out of that zone yeah, I just yeah, don't yeah. because I just can't really do it but even whether that balloons thing works or not it stops you and thinks and tells you right well that's wrong so immediately you're pointed out well you catch it behind your head so you're not actually looking at the ball right so even if the balloons thing is silly it stops you chatting with him about yeah. your problem and about how to potentially fix it and even if he doesn't have the answer you might work out what yeah, the answer yeah. and it might not work but it might work yeah. do you know and there's, I don't think there's enough of that and I, because I don't think coaches have enough confidence like uh, the way you look at it how can a lot of coaches m- might have played corner forward they can't really coach midfielders do you know that kind of mm. way so uh, Morrison obviously had enough confidence in himself to be able to tell him a grain here you're not doing that right I love that yeah just proper coaching and he is, it was very renowned as well just for devising his own little games for training like apparently the warm ups were all games and stuff as well but he would sit down and talk to Mickey Moore or whoever it was about how the team wanted to play and he just always came up with these new games and players were always engaged then when they came into training just yeah. real coaching yeah so he's a huge loss to the to the GA and sympathies to his whole family um, finally we have a quote from Paddy Cullen Dublin legend and I think it will just leave it at this so this is Paddy Cullen Dublin legend who's just pretty much going to end any debate that there ever was not that there was even should have been a debate or should have been even any sort of over and back about this Paddy Cullen quote there is a definite advantage in Croker by Croker he means Croke Park the national stadium (laughs) there is a definite advantage in Croker everybody knows it the dogs in the street know it we'll be back with David Tuberty Anymore, me and him were like best friends when, when we played. You know, he's seen the light of Jesus, and uh, I'm still like fighting the devil. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the Claire beat Cork for the third time in a row last weekend and a man who scored 1-7 in that game and 1-7 in the game before that. Uh, David Tuberty joins us on the show now. I got your number of Gary Brennan, uh, David, and he described you as like a fine wine. <laughs> I think I've been described uh, by a lot of people like that at the moment, so it's not too bad, I suppose. Yeah, because you're after having a great start to the league. Like, I mean, you got six against um, Donegal. Three of those were from play. We know how difficult it is to score from play against Donegal. So, like, I mean, you're. I think you're only 32. Sometimes we can be too quick to write players off when they hit into their 30s. Well, um, I'll, I'll hold on. I'm 31 at the moment, so I'll try and hold on as long as I can <laughs> to 31 for another few months. But... Um, no, it's great. I'm enjoying football at the moment now. I suppose the last couple of years, injuries have been a big problem for me. And um, start of the year this year, um, I didn't know whether I was going to come back and play football at all this year. Um, I said to uh, Colin that I have to start out my injuries first before I come back and play. And thank God I got I got the injuries sorted. Um, I went down to Jerkeen and Kerry, which uh, great man, and he got me sorted. And he told me I would be ready for the league, and I was. And I'm enjoying it at the moment now. So. Brilliant. What do you, what did you need to get sorted when you say injuries? Were they all linked or? Um, I, the last few years I've had uh, a lot of injuries. Um, I suppose uh, I tore my groin there, I tore my abdominal wall there about four or five years ago. Um, they kind of got them sorted and then kept picking up niggly injuries. And probably two years ago I picked up um, 
my Achilles, which was uh, giving me a bother for the last year and a half, I suppose, two years. And it was just getting worse and worse. And uh, come the end of the club championship last year, I just thought that uh, I might have to just pack it in with the county. And um, thank God I got it sorted and uh, enjoying things at the moment. So Right, fantastic. So what has he helped you do to get it sorted? Is this just a medical thing or a rehab thing that you weren't doing you know, well? Or how did that work? Um, I just wanted to see if I, what could I get done and uh, he actually sent me up to Century up to Anna Falvey and, and uh, he um, gave me a programme and then I came back down to Jerkeen again he gave me another <laughs> another lengthy programme and I suppose two months I spent in the gym probably going, uh, three times a week trying to get the, the Achilles started just by strengthening it and stuff like that and um, yeah, it seems to have worked so far. So, so fingers crossed. Well, well, that's the thing. When you've niggly injuries, you're not able to be out training all the time. You might miss the odd game, and you can't get that momentum, and you don't get that confidence going. Like there's, we were saying on the show here recently, there's no better confidence that you can have than knowing that you're 100 percent fit and flying it. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's how I feel right now is 100 percent fit and just nothing bothering me or anything like that. So it's. Uh, I suppose I can see it in the way I'm playing at the moment and the confidence is, as you said, is every game, you build confidence every game. So, um, no, just going well so far. <laughs> so, talk to us about this uh, sideline last minute goal. Did you spot the goalkeeper off off his line or are you going to try and talk us talk us into that or what What was it? Um, I suppose, I, uh, just beforehand, uh, I kicked the I kicked the point from the exact same angle. Um, yeah. I so you're, so you're, I'm just, sorry to cut you off. I'm sure everybody knows yeah. by now. It's against Armagh. You're in injury time. You're four points down, and you have two. You scored one one from two sidelines. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. No. It was. Uh, I just. I went over. Just grabbed the ball. I suppose. And it was. Um. I just asked the linesman. I said, "How long is left?" And he goes, "Probably about." We were in the 35th minute. He said, "Probably about two minutes left." So, I said, "If we get, if I." kick it over the bar from here bring it back to three you might have a chance from the next kick out went over the bar and I think the, we came down the right hand side again and uh, I think ball went out at the same, angle, at the same side but uh, the funny thing was the, just before I kicked the point the one to bring it back to three there was a yeah, an Armagh supporter started uh, shouting at me and said uh, more or less well, what you think you're doing and so I kicked that ball over the bar and it was nearly the same supporter was shouting at me for the next one he goes I bet you won't do it I bet you won't do it again I know I suppose I didn't do it again but uh, I got one better I got to go I suppose and did, did you just try to float that in and hope to get Gary Brennan maybe flicking it on in or something you know I think it was a flick on was it or it went through their own midfielder's hands was it and fooled their own goal um, I just I just saw Gary coming in and I said uh, I'll just slob it in try and get it as close to the goal as properly uh, as I can, and um, I asked. I thought that actually Gary punched it in uh, until after the game. I asked him. I said, "He's fair finish," and he goes, "No, I didn't touch it anyway." So he said he said it was the person behind him who was coming in, just hit it and probably hit the post. I don't. I don't actually know what happened after that. Is hit the post and go over the liner, but uh, Gary was just on the line. He said he was adamant that it was a goal anyway. So. Uh, we'll take the point. <laughs> definitely. No, you definitely would. And then two good ones the um, the week after. So, you, like, I mean, it's your third year now in Division 2, so you've established yourself because the danger always when you come up from Division 3 is that you go straight back down. You haven't done that. But this year, I'm sure, when you look at the division, it's harder than ever. You know what I mean? It's a dogfight in there. Like, there's, we were saying, there's two points separate the first seven teams this year. You know what I mean? It's a crazy division. Yeah, it is. It's a tough division now. Um, I suppose last week we were thinking that the win against Cork might bring us bring us up the table a bit and give us a bit of leeway from from the relegation zone. But um, Tip had a great win over Donegal and uh, Fermanagh beat Kildare, which is a great result. So um, as you said, there's only three points between the from first to last, and uh, it's, it's competitive event. And like, and I suppose the thing about it is now that we've four games left with three of them away from home which is uh, which would be an uphill battle but uh, we're looking forward to it now and looking forward to the games ahead of us Yeah because like I mean it, since Colm Collins' arrival in 2014 you've had a huge 
um, just improvement every single year and even the style of play for Clare so like I mean you hear Rory Gallagher for example talking about well we don't have the resources or the panels to be able to compete so we play with you know 14, 15 men behind the ball and that's his excuse like Colin Collins could probably have gone down that road as well but he didn't like I mean and forwards like yourself are flourishing and others as well whereas we look at Fermanagh and Tomás Corrigan who was on the show here and he's gone off the panel he says you're better off being a wing back now <laughs> do you know what I mean like I mean I think for Colin to have done that with what was a county coming out of Division 4 and get up to 2 you know what I mean like I don't think that achievement should ever be underestimated No um, um, I suppose the first ever meeting we had with Colin was uh, I remember well <laughs> it was the West County and he just brought us all in and I think there was about 30-40 players there at that time and he'd set out the goals for what he had planned for the next few years and um, I remember him saying clearly that he he said I know you're a top 16 team and that's where I want you that's where I want to get you to as a top 16 team you should be playing division 1-2 football and that was the first year he set out um, I suppose he, he's over Cratlow here in Clare and he knows he know, he knows the footballers in uh, the footballers throughout the county in and out and um He's been brilliant, bringing young fellas through to to the senior panel and giving them a chance. And um, you've seen it the last couple of years, like the likes of Jamie Malone, or Cleary, Keenan Sexton, Pierce Lillis. All these boys are really, really flourishing under Colin Collins. And um, no, the football is um, it's enjoyable to play. Um, I suppose thank God he didn't go very defensive or uh, would be isolated up the front. Up the front, but um, no, it's, I'm enjoying every bit of it under Colin Collins. I think Clare football has a lot to a lot to call him for what he's done for the last couple of years. Yeah, it definitely does, and it's nice to have those young fellas. Most of them are forwards that you mentioned, and they have the legs yeah. and they're and they're flying it. Like, did you know these lads are all coming up through the ranks, or has Colin kind of turned water into wine here? Um, I suppose. Uh, well, I would have known a lot of the a lot of the players, and um, like Owen Cleary, um, he's been always a very tough one of the top footballers in the in the county, and he's. He's improving every year, as you see, and he's actually a big loss for us at the moment. Now he, he probably won't be back for another game. Um, but um, Jamie Malone, I wouldn't have known him underage. But um, really? once he came in, once he came into in with Colin Collins, uh, uh, you could see that the talent he had was unbelievable. And um, as I said, he's like on clear. He's improving every game as well. Same as Keenan Sexton, they're all they're all improving every year. And I suppose that's the competition they're up against in Division Two and stuff like that. Um, the games are getting the, uh, and all that kind of stuff so it can only be good for Clare football You're getting shafted on the Munster Championship draw every year Is that fair to say? Yeah. Well 16, 17, 18 and I'd say you looked at the at the draw this year and again you have Waterford instead of Limerick usually it's Limerick then Kerry like the reason it, it's not, it hasn't been seeded since 2013 but you're still getting shafted by getting Kerry <laughs> like since your improvement do you know what I mean when you kind of deserve yeah. to avoid them and get into a Munster final which absolutely the last four years you deserve to be in one I suppose yeah um, I, I was looking at the draw um, myself and my father were in the kitchen and the minute the draw came out uh, uh, I Said it was a few uh, Fs given to the TV and, and stuff like that again <laughs> this year. Um, no, it's um, it's weird though, Kerry. isn't it? Four years in a row to meet Kerry in the semi-final. It is. Uh, well, we haven't we haven't got there yet. No. Um, no, sorry, no disrespect. Yeah, we could yeah. play Waterford first, um, um, but you see the the talent that Kerry have every year and um, listen, Cullum, what he wants is a, a monster championship and. Um, I think that's the goal he set out the last couple of years as well. That um, after getting out of Division Four and Three, that um, our next step is to win a Munster Championship, and the players are fully behind him. That believe that we can win a Munster Munster final, and um, I suppose um, to be Kerry would be an unbelievable achievement. Um, but uh, I think I think we can do it. Like, and um, I think he's building a panel of players this year that uh, can give a give account for themselves again um, if we can get through to the Kerry game in the semi-final Yeah you mentioned your father there Tommy he played for Clare back in his time and obviously would be a big influence on your career because he's been involved with Doombeg your club as a manager and selector so did he take you up along through the underage ranks or did you just kind of uh, be managed by him at senior? Um, no he uh, well he he started me out um, play, um, here I suppose we, we, we have the bar here and 
I suppose when I was younger, he used to get me out get a football and kicking ball left and right yeah. when I was younger. And, I, was re- uh, I, I, saw, I saw an interview of him or from him there and he says, I got him to kick the ball with both feet and it stood him in good stead. So he's taken the credit for your stylish, uh, effortless left and right being completely equal. <laughs> yeah, he always says to me that... Um, he always says to me, um, come a game that uh, when you're stuck on your left leg, it might come in handy. So <laughs> it has come in handy the last good few years. So, um, no, it's, uh, he's coaching, I suppose. he Underage, he wouldn't have really managed me. It only when he got to senior, um, he was really our manager. Um, but he was always a great influence on me and getting me through the years and, I suppose, keeping me level, level-headed as well, I suppose. He's saying as I was... Uh, a clap in the back is not too far away, kick up the air. So um, he keeps me grounded most of the time anyway. So. Yeah, I think that's important. I was reading another thing there that he built an AstroTurf pitch out the back. So I'm not sure is that out the back of the pub or out the back of your of your home house? That was in 2006 and he's saying that uh, helped you develop your skills a bit further. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an AstroTurf he built um, back then, I suppose. A lot of people were telling him he was crazy back then to build an AstroTurf in West Clare you'd get no get no business ransom but it actually took off for four or five years so um, and I, he actually gives the underage uh, uh, club here he gives them access to free charge and, uh, and um, that's where we do some of our training that pitch is closed at the moment but uh, most of our training for underage is all done here so which is great but um yeah, I suppose <laughs> you'll take the credit for that as well. I suppose. <laughs> so, how how big? It, where is it? Is it? It's not out. Is it about the back of your house, or how big is it? Or uh, well, we have a bar and restaurant here, and we have a cavern park down the back. Ah, it's out um, the back there. It's just here. It's a forty by thirty um, astroturf pitch, so it's uh, fully lit. So it's uh, it's fairly busy now during the winter time and when the rain is coming down. So. It's a great help. I don't know if you've read Andre Agassi's book, but it's absolutely brilliant. And when I was reading about the AstroTurf pitch and you out the back practicing on it, I was thinking of that. He, Andre Agassi's father used to have him out the back uh, playing tennis into this uh, with this machine that used to shoot the balls back out at him. So I don't, I don't know if, it, if it's as extreme as that. No, I just kick it off the wall, I suppose. It's, it's the only thing that will come back to me. <laughs> I think it was the dragon or something, I guess I used to call this tennis ball thing anyways. But anyways, um, what was the other thing I want to talk about? You're Ryan Tuberty's cousin. I, I, like, I mean, I, I, was, I was, couldn't believe it when I read that. Because like, I mean, you, when you think of Tuberty, you think of Ryan Tuberty. But I, was just, I don't know why I was surprised to hear that you were related to him. Um, I'd say some bit far out, I'd say. I'd say oh, it's just, far out. Uh, <laughs> I, we wouldn't be close cousins, but um, he's been down to he's been down to the bar here a few times, and he's uh, come in and visited us. So it's great to, that usually throws his name out there sometimes when we're talking to people in the bar and stuff like that. <laughs> I was yeah, going to so. say if he's your first cousin, you could ring him up before sporting interviews, where he might be a little bit weaker on and give him a heads up. Uh, you're big into <laughs> into all your sport. Come here. I also heard your. Fa- this is nearly like the second part of this interview is nearly an interview about your father because he was on News Talk recently and he was singing Donald Trump's praises with the the golf course down there in Doonbeg. He is. Yeah, he's a. Uh I suppose uh, he's a, kind of a big fan of Trump. I suppose um, was he calling him Donny? No, oh, I don't know about that. No, did he no, call him Donny? No, <laughs> yeah, I thought I heard. I thought I heard that. Have you met? Have you met Trump down there? No, I haven't met Donald. No, but I've met Eric and uh, the brother um, Don Junior. Um, other the the sons are very nice fellows. Uh, really, uh, we talked with them. They came down to the village here and they visited the village and came to all the pubs and restaurants and. Um, uh, fierce down to earth uh, people um, I haven't met Donald yet now but there's talks of him coming over in December now which is uh, I think Tommy will get excited around November time again and all the news crews will probably come around and he actually called it the uh, night of the election uh, Go ahead. he said he'll win it he said he'll win it yeah. he called it a couple of weeks beforehand he said Donald, uh, Donald Trump will win the, the he'll be the next president of America and he actually, I went upstairs that night to, to tell him he won it. <laughs> he was delighted the following day. Jeez, he's a big Trump. And the, 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 the golf club sends shuttle buses down into the town, into the bars and all of the guests, which is a nice little um, thing to do. Yeah, the golf course has been massive help for um, Doonbeg and I suppose West Clare here. Um, I suppose for the businesses around, um, it's such a small village. We've got five pubs and three restaurants that are all 
open um, during the summer. Um, it's, if, I suppose if we didn't have the golf course, I think uh, Dunbeg would be in big trouble. And um, I don't think a lot of people don't realise the effect the golf course has on us here. And um, uh, it's, I suppose it's just going from strength to strength and they want to uh, expand up there as well. And there's people objecting to this and stuff like that, uh, which is which is disappointing because the, the local community are... 100% behind uh, what the Trumps want to do up in the golf course and uh, it's just disappointing people from outside objecting and stuff like this right um, uh, disappointing yeah so like I mean do you think do you think Trump gets a, a really hard time well I don't know about the politics side of it or anything like that but uh, what he's doing here in Dunbeg I think he's I think it's um all the objections and stuff like that that are going against uh, Donald Trump here and his business, the golf course. I think that's just because of his name. I think. Yeah, um, it's not the locals. No, it's not. No, the locals are behind him. They want to. They want to protect uh, the asset above there in the golf course. And um, as I said, it's a great help for the golf course. Uh, it's great help for the village here in Dunbeg. So um, we'll uh, we'll back him anyway. There you go. There, at least he has backers down in Dubeg. Anyway, come here. Yeah. I won't. I won't. I won't take uh, up too much more or any more of your time, uh, David. Thanks very much for taking the call, and um, we'll talk to you again maybe during the year. Perfect, Colin. Thanks very much. Thanks for the call. He goes. If you boys are doing God's work, you can do whatever you want in the field. My kind of. For me, that was a that was a free pass. <laughs> So when you say Mickey takes it to another level, what will he be doing this week? Oh. An axe to the the rosary. You know, Tyrone are queer hawks in the final and a hawk is a queer bird. Paddy Power Predictions so we don't have that many games this weekend I might throw in the two Sigerson games as well but the big one of the weekend is on at half past one on Saturday so remember that time it's a little bit earlier um, not to not to miss it because the big one is on first realistically Corrafin are 4 to 11 Guidora 11 to 4 I think Guidora a great price for this now if I fancy Corrafin but I don't have Guidora 3 to 1 outsiders to win this I think they have a game that can really hurt Corrafin we saw in the in the Galway County final how difficult Corrafin found it to 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 break down Michael Daly's club Mullinabaugh or what Mount Bellew Mount Bellew and uh, like I mean Guidor have players that can absolutely hurt them. They have a running game that can hurt Corrafin. They have runners, Darrow Boyle, they have Keen Mulligan, they have Carroll out around the field, Foraging, he's a big, strong runner. Then, the, you know, they have Eamon McGee at centre half back, who's a stopper. Kevin Cassidy playing well, he'll have a great battle with with uh, Kieran Fitzgerald. That'll be worth the, as they say, worth the admission Mission. fee, and they're both t- touching on 40. Um, uh, this is not a 3 to 1 game. Yeah, I'd say you're right. And just I know Cross McGlen aren't where they're at, but like just how easily like Guido swatted them aside, and that that was the sort of game that sort of fed right into them. Like, and Cross McGlen's game plan and Corrafin's game plan wouldn't be a million miles exactly. Apart. Yeah. Be a bit, yeah. Corrafin would be a bit smarter than Cross McGlen were yeah. that day, and I'm sure they'll have learned the lessons of the Cross yeah. McGlen video. But at the same time, I get your point. And Scottstown are a bloody good. F- yeah. Uh, yeah. Now Corrafin are on that super club level with Doctor yeah. Crokes, and that's probably been reflected in the price from Paddy Power. Because I would still have. Corrafin ahead but you're right like the 3D1 is just it's too long and just how easily like Guidor are running through teams like they're probably the best run, running club team that I've seen in a long time yeah, they're like Donegal like yeah. I mean, it just comes second nature to them I think Guidor will go more defensive than we've seen them and I think they'll play their running game an awful lot more they only they don't, like they like to get it into Cassidy but I, I think they'll run it an awful lot more yeah. against Cor- I think they'll they'll I think they'll get a lot more bodies back I think they'll have seen the, the Galway County final and we might not be expecting a classic we won't yeah. see the Corrafin forwards getting loads That's, of space If they are to identify one game that they could possibly hurt <laughs> hurt uh, Corrafin from it would be that first county final when Mount Bellew should have won that we forget yeah. that Michal Lundy was left on his own yeah. right beside right. the goal just to fist it over to get the equaliser so yeah I think that they'll have time to fine tune the system as well like kind of since the since the Ulster final if they've finally got over the celebrations they've, uh, you know, they've had six weeks or so six weeks to two months to kind of fine tune a system like that and it's not as if they're going to be playing Corfin and Pro Park either they'll be playing in Carrick that's Carrick a big Channel, thing too be kind of a tighter pitch yeah. because of it the only thing I'll say is that like Corfin obviously now have experience I've, I'm sure they have loads of experience of playing against that system I have 
haven't seen other clubs play in Galway against them because they're yeah, so big I, and so I, good. Who was it I asked that? I think it was Kieran Fitzgerald or one of them, and he went, "No, we wouldn't. Ha- that, okay. Not that many clubs would play against yeah. us." After the county final, right. I think it was Ian Burke maybe or some. Was asked yeah. one of them anyway, and he he was kind of like, "No, not that many set yeah. up like that." Well, <laughs> like, well, I suppose they, well, they have it against Mount, Mount Belly in those two games, and I yeah. like, I, I would just I, I think the Carfin might be better suited to handle that sort of game than Crossbow again, where I think they're very good kind of. They, uh, like obviously their forward line has talked about a lot but they have some really good kind of defenders as well that I that I think would be better able to cope with that running game where it's Kieran Malloy and Liam Silk so I, I, don't, I, I agree with you I don't think it's a 3-1 game but I, I'm still fancying um, still fancying Carfin Yeah you can see Liam Silk or you can see Malloy following whatever runner but you can see Liam Silk or somebody like that just holding the centre back position or one yeah. or two of them they'll be just a lot smarter they'll be yeah. a lot smarter than Cross McGlenn for example were against Guidor and like we know their forwards now their forwards don't they, this is the thing Carafin love a kicking game they have a, a distinct style and it's mm. getting it in and Ian Burke and it's similar to like when Galloway have Ian Burke if you have Ian Burke showing you and get you it to him in. and you work off him yeah. if that option is taken off Carafin to me and again, even against Ballantubber in the first half they didn't look overly comfortable when they can't kick when they can't kick it and they're yeah. playing that slow yeah. build up game it's not in their DNA to play a slow build up game Carafin they get, you can see they're almost visibly getting frustrated yeah and then they do have to worry about Kevin Cassidy because he just keeps you honest like so you can't really go gung ho and try to get through this team you have like because that, that's what Guido will do they don't do too often but they will just kick it 70 yards down to Kevin Cassidy who will win it so when Corafin are going forward or try, whatever they're trying to do this back door is just going to be open and they have to sort of I don't know be mindful of that it's going to be a very interesting one I was sort of thinking I would put Kieran Malloy into midfield just because of the running power of O'Boyle in there like you know what I would just be worried about him and he, apparently by all accounts he's ripping it up in training as well like right. great and McNeilish needs to be man marked if they put up uh, Steed and Brady against McNeilish and O'Boyle I think that might be a mistake mm. because it's not like O'Boyle is a brilliant fetcher yeah. or anything but he's on the ground he's great and McNeilish while he is a stylish fetcher it's on the ground he hurts you more as well you nearly want two wing backs on those yeah. yeah they're quite athletic though aren't they Brady they are athletic but they, they don't want to man midfielders yeah. don't want yeah, to do true. that job you true. know they just don't they want to just get out there win your possession yeah. and get you ticking over like the, to ask a midfielder to do a man marking job is almost an insult yeah like yeah. they take it pert they'd be like what? <laughs> I'm a midfielder, mate. Yeah. Like, who's going to get his possession? Darby got three goals against Crossmagan, didn't he? Three, yeah. yeah. That was the thing about yeah. Jack Barry on Fenton. Like, there's not many midfielders will give up their game to yeah. follow somebody around. Yeah, and that's, that's the flip side. Kieran Malloy could be hurting them on the other direction. And he McNeilish, could give them something yeah. to think about, yeah. McNeilish would be like, I'm not going after him. McNeilish, exactly. I'm not running after you, him all you, game. You actually flip it, or you flip it the other way around. Yeah. You know, instead of them having the power, yeah. and uh, you just turn it around and go attack them. Hammer the hammer, isn't that what Jack? Hammer the hammer. Used to say? That's Tomas Tomas says yeah, that. It's is a it? Kerry phrase. It's a Kerry anyway, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a Kerry thing. So that's worked well for them. So what do you think predictions here, lads? Like we said, Carrick on Shannon. Like the weather's been. The weather is. I think it's fifteen degrees tomorrow. So we might it's actually mild, get it. Yeah. It's very mild, um, and I don't know if rain's forecast. And nearly it's always raining in Leitrim. So it might we never know what the the ground is going to be like. But uh, how, what do you think of this one? We'll start with you there, Connor. I'm going for Carfin. I probably I'd go for less than three points, but I'm going for Carfin. Yeah, yeah, that would be a decent bet. Like we'd minus three or, or we'd order plus three. Plus three. But, um, yeah, I go with Carfin as well. Yeah, I go Carfin as well. But a great, a really close game. Whether it's a classic or not is another story. It could be one of these tactical, um, tactic games. And I keep re- keep reminding you about Cassidy and Fitzgerald. So I was reading about this because Fitzgerald did the media day. Um, it's actually gas so Fitzgerald did the media Cassidy did the media day and Mulligan from Mullinahoctus so they've always all been on the show so I was like geez, there's no point in me going to that <laughs> and it was Fionn Fitzgerald actually we haven't interviewed anyone from uh, Dr Crokes we'll have to get somebody on Monday from, from them so like I mean they were on an all-star touring part, uh, party together in 2003 gas isn't it Jesus. so yeah. they both won all-stars in 2003 Fitzgerald's second year cornerback and Kevin Cassidy's one of his early years as a wing back and uh, Cassidy's now at full forward and that's a, a lot of players follow that yeah. and Fitzgerald yeah. has just been steady just moved into the full back role and he's doing talking about like Fitzgerald is going grey like he's almost 40 he'd been around my age like but he's talking about the young lads and he says he feels a little bit almost like part of the management team rather than <laughs> <laughs> the team yeah. there. I like I mean I can completely identify with him at my age now. 
But uh, yeah, we're all going for Carafin, um, but not but not by too much. So the other one then, lads, this is the second one. It's on TG Cahar as well. It's on at half past three in Sempa Stadium. I don't know why the other one didn't get the, the second. Top billing, yeah. t- The top billing when it's much closer because Dr. Crooks are 1-14 to 14 here against Mullen Hakta. And we know um, what a brilliant, brilliant story um, they had against uh, Kilmacook Crooks. Kilmacook Crooks got their tactics all wrong. Um, in the second half with a strong wind but like I mean it's hard to look past any team that has the talent yeah. the gas thing about Dr Crokes is you look you look through their team and who's guaranteed to be on the Kerry team Gavin White outside of that yeah Michael Burns, Burns started Burns. last he's not guaranteed and White's not guaranteed now with Thomas Sullivan playing so brilliantly at, at left yeah. half back so it's incredible that these are as good a club team as I've ever seen yeah. Yeah. and there's no one you would say is 100% and this is why often with Kerry as well you say oh Kerry you're missing all the Crokes lads and they're missing uh, Clifford you look at the Kerry team the other night they're missing very few guaranteed yeah. starters really only Clifford yeah. or am I missing anybody else they're not not too much uh, Jason Foley might end up getting on it but mm. like I mean this is the thing it's very very unique in that it's a super club it has a forward line that just destroys you and maybe Shaw, young Shaw might get on the Kerry team in time he looks a re- I, I like him yeah. um, Tony Brosnan has been Tony in and out but I suppose if you've got five all their forwards except for uh, Gavin O'Shea would have played senior for Kerry at some level. So when you've got five of yeah. them, they might not be guaranteed starters, but this is almost like an inter-county B team. But I think they benefit from that. Like we've talked about Ballymun here before and how they often suffer from, they have James McCarthy, Dean Rock, uh, John Small, you know, really established Dublin county players. And they suffer a little bit when they come back because they haven't been there during the year. Yeah. Whereas the lads that are on the, like Dahi Casey's been on the fringes while Michael Burns started last year. Fionn Fitzgerald and the Gooch, maybe Johnny Buckley as well. They're only real proper established Crokes players. So they have I suppose that the, the, with the other players they might be on the panel for a little bit of time and then might be able to go back to Crokes and kind of dedicate yeah. their time there so I think they've uh, they benefited from that but yeah just when you look at that when you look at that forward line and the fact that like Gooch is only I know he's gone you know past his best but still coming off the bench for them is just it's just crazy <laughs> It is and maybe even with these fellas that aren't guaranteed starters they always have something to prove Yeah Do you know what I mean whereas the, the inter-county lads that have won stuff coming back to club whether you like it or not it's probably not their priority for that yeah. year whereas these fellas who there's no year I've played better for Port Leash than when I've had a problem on the county team because I really wanted yeah. to dry I really wanted to piss them off and go now look yeah. you never gave me a chance and look what I you know and that don't think players don't think that yeah. so yeah. maybe these brilliant players who haven't quite been stars for yeah. Kerry just have that little bit extra that they're like here look what we do at club level oh, every year you see, every time I see Dahi Casey it's like how has he got not got more games yeah. when I see him play for Crooks I think he's outrageous and your man uh, Looney's top class yeah player. Looney's top well, yeah, class yeah, wing forward yeah. attacking wing forward yeah. they're really they're just such an exciting yeah. team to watch yeah. and they do get a few bodies back as well like I mean it's not like they're but th- what they do every transition or the majority of their transitions is kicked through the foot and mm-hmm. it's moved down the field before the other team can start moving lads back and when that's moved through the foot suddenly have lovely diagonal balls to the full forward line they maybe leave four forwards up and two men on the half forward line the exact system I love and when it gets to the fell on the half forward line he doesn't dwell on it he's turning around a diagonal ball full forward line and someone's running off them there's always mm-hmm. it's just ex- it's really exciting to watch Dublin at their best when they can move it from back to forward just kick kick just kick. really fast mm. and when you do that there's no defensive team going to get back before the ball gets back and that's the message we kept it was even last year it was a two years ago we were trying to hammer home that message yeah. <laughs> it, just doesn't yeah. get, it doesn't get through like but it's, it's just logical that if a team is pushed up on you and attacking you and you break them down you're going to get down the other end faster kicking it down than you are bloody yeah. running yeah. down because they'll just stay tackling you when you're running it if you kick it they're all running back kind of you know yeah. behind the ball and sure they age old the ball moves faster than the man oh it does <laughs> move the ball fast that's it so we'll take uh, predictions on this like I mean I don't want to be say nothing about uh, Mulna Hokta who are a serious team Patrick Fox a full back was outstanding he was man of the match we know Shane Mulligan has obviously got Longford experience he was on the show and up front they have some serious um, talent Rian Brady's a player I really like he was brilliant mm. against Crokes got three from play in the first half James McGivney who we all know as well like they have players like Mulna Hakta Semple Stadium would not suit them they would have preferred the Carrick on Shannon yeah, I don't want yeah, to be disrespectful yeah. for them but they want this game to be a fight and a physical battle 
yeah. and they want to be they want it to be close and they're going to get bodies back there's no doubt about that they don't want Semple Stadium because yeah. Semple Stadium's too it's too good a, a good a pitch for what they wanted for. Yeah. yeah, I wonder how like Mickey Graham's been getting on with Cavan and then having to go back. Yeah, well, down that's to another distraction as well yeah. that I hadn't thought of. Like, I mean, that's I don't know how he's doing that. Like, it's his first, it's his first year with Cavan, like in their Division One, so he has to like dedicate most of his time to prepare him for every single match and every single session for that. Yeah. So, has to affect a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that he's not doing a, a big job for this game, but. My God, like, you know, he's got too much on his hands with county management. Yeah, yeah he definitely yeah. does. So we'll go predictions here, lads. Connor? Uh, yeah, you have to get, like, again, 15-2, to two, I think, is too strong for um, for Monnacht. I think they were 5-1 to one against Croaks, but, uh, like, against Kilmacoke Croaks, but I can see a relatively comfortable Dr. Croaks win here. Like, six six points or more, perhaps. Sorry to Monnacht, but... Yeah. yeah, Croaks as well, yeah. I can see the same. I can see it being about five or six. I think Monnacht will play defensively and they'll try and frustrate them, but Dr. Croaks will be used to that and I think they'll eventually get through by six or maybe five, six, seven points range I'd imagine I don't know what the handicap I didn't actually check that on Paddy Power there's two Sigerson semi-finals as well do we know where these are on lads were these actually They're both fixed? in Mallow and Cork They're both in Mallow right so there's no chance for the lads well, no actually Malloy can play so the NUIG one has moved to the Sunday yeah oh that they moved that yeah. oh, well, that, at least that's a bit of common sense yeah. right but the UCD one is still on Saturday so why would that so be but apparently that's because UCD didn't appeal it and they did that because they didn't want Sulk to have to play two games He's he was getting interviewed during the week and he's a bit annoyed still but um, I think they were sort of doing it for his own benefit like you know just play the one match and hopefully we'll see you in the final sort Jeez, of well that's cocky from UCD isn't it <laughs> look we don't want Liam Silk right so up in the same Mary's dressing room I didn't like UCD in my playing days they're too cocky they were always cocky I played for Minute and you play against UCD and they've got this kind of think they're great and they hadn't won the Sigerson for bloody years they had no reason yeah. to be cocky but I didn't like them yeah. no they didn't give that as a reason this is me suggesting uh, that they're, they're too Not cocky you just have to trust those two games I played against yeah. them and I know exactly the culture in UCD right I'm joking but like UCD are obviously strong probably strong favourites although Mary's are the holders right Mary's won it was no it last they year? won in 2017 UCD, UCD won it last, last year, year. Yeah. Right, interesting okay. though Conor Myler who was captain of St Mary's is now with UCD is he yeah Yeah. so he captained Mary's to their only Sigerson title and now he's playing UCD wing forward yeah, Stephen Cohen is still captain I think for Mayo as well he was captain yeah. last year too right and the, this other one then is a toss up so UCC a lot of the Kerry lads go there and like I mean they UCC are always strong um, um, and NUIG like they knocked out Jordanstown right so like mm. I mean I'm not sure the betting on that one um, really should have checked those out before we start talking <laughs> about them but you know, I, w- I would have thought from following it not following it very closely that UCD NUIG final yeah Are I'll we, go for my alma mater NUIG and UCD as well yeah yeah I think so like UCC like Potty Clifford is ripping it up for them so uh, David's older brother yeah he's an IT3 David isn't he so it's the brother in yeah. UCC yeah. and uh, Evan Courtney from Clare like, so he's doing a lot of damage for UCC and Sean O'Shea obviously scoring 12 points a game but um, yeah I'll go for NUIG as well your man Cian yeah. Darcy the, the Galway midfielder is destroying everybody right well you've thrown three names out for UCC now Jesus Christ I should have just looked at their team sheet there <laughs> before I've done that anyway so we'll go UCC D N U I G. Are we all agreed on yeah. that? Yeah. All right. And we'll be back on Monday. We'll do a show and we'll look back at the the club games. Talk to you then. Good luck. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and uh, and they will get what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas, they get such a f- shit shop next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f- houses for f- 10 years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.